You're listening to the Running Around Charlotte podcast, presented by the Milbon Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events, and a race day distance for every goal and pace. Find out more or register at runcharlotte.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Pinnacle Financial Partners and Bedgear, the official pillow partner of the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon. And here are your hosts for the Running Around Charlotte podcast, Tim Rhodes and DC Lucchese. Running a marathon is tough and training for it can be a real challenge. We know that, right? Now imagine training for a long race or a triathlon. If you're visually challenged, how would you do it? You would need a great training partner and coach for sure. In Charlotte, you're in good hands. Paraguides offers a training program for athletes at any level of fitness and ability who need guidance because of a visual disability. Shannon Houlihan was inspired to start Paraguides in 2017 after working with a similar service at her training group in Texas, and now she oversees training for dozens of visually impaired athletes here in the Charlotte area. We're honored to have Shannon with us today on the Running Around Charlotte podcast to tell us about Paraguides and how you can be a part of them. Shannon, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you guys for having me today. You're absolutely welcome. DC Lucchese along for the ride. How are you doing, DC? All good, man. All good. Excellent. Shannon, let's start from the beginning. How did you get involved with paraguides and, and running and and get inspired to do something like that here in Charlotte? Yeah, so I moved here to, to the Queen City back in 2016. And shortly after I moved here, I wanted to figure out a way for me to give back to the community. Um, I think that's important for, for all of us here, here in, in Charlotte to find ways we can give back. And everybody has different ways of doing that. And what I wanted to do was help adaptive athletes um, get to the start line and get to the finish line in triathlon and in running. And so I kind of went looking for a group here that was doing that. And when I realized that there wasn't one, um, I started um, Paraguide along with my co-founder, Paul Harold. Um, we kind of put our heads together and, and launched Paraguide in 2017. So we're well into, what is that, year four, um, onto year five now with the yeah. support of Ortho Carolina, who helps us kind of make all of the things happen. And now we support over 100 uh, blind and visually impaired and adaptive athletes, both in Charlotte, the Carolinas and beyond. And we've trained over 250 guides to, to guide these adaptive athletes so that they can train and compete. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, and, and, and you're right that this thing doesn't, of course it doesn't keep on trucking without you know, funding, but all the money in the world ain't going to get volunteers or people that are, that have willingness to do this. Because, I mean, I, I know what it takes to, you know, to have somebody, you know, you know, give up their race or give up their day or give up their weekend, give their training time, you know, to be a pacer. And then you add an additional layer where, you know, somebody is literally dependent on you. <laughs> and I've done this before. And it is, you know, it, it's a long time to be on. Right? So it's like, how do you how do you coach somebody up or train somebody up uh, to do that? That's a really good question. And we, we put on guide clinics to train people to do that. I think for us, safety and success are the most important things. And we like to set people up to be safe and to have success. So yeah. we, um, we'll probably put on some more clinics next year um, as we kind of move into more in-person stuff. 
But um, what, what we usually do is kind of run people through a guide clinic and so that they kind of know what verbal um, commands or, or things to say when they're, when they're guiding someone. And you really don't think about what you would want to hear if you couldn't see what was in front of you until you really start doing it. And the things when you're, when you're running yourself, uh, if you have vision, the things that just, you just do them automatically, like jump over a crack or a hole or a pothole or a manhole or sort of navigate around someone or something that might be in front of you, putting that into words and saying it quickly enough and succinctly enough for someone else to react to those things is a whole different ballgame. But it's definitely like anything else, um, a learned skill. I guided this past weekend at the California International Marathon. And if you think about it, running a marathon is very difficult in general. Um, Running a marathon and talking the whole time Mm -hmm. um, and thinking and making sure that your brain and your mouth and your body are all kind of connecting and firing on all cylinders and then keeping someone else safe. It's a big responsibility, but it is hugely rewarding. And our volunteers here in Charlotte are some of the best people I know. Um, and as well as the volunteers that volunteer for us in, in other cities in the U.S. Mm-hmm. That's a long time to be on. I mean, if you're running like, right. at, you know, I don't know, average marathon or four hours, like you've got to be on for four hours. You, your mind can't drift into like, right. like my mind drifts <laughs> when I run all the time. You know, you start thinking about stuff and it's right. like, dang, how did I get all the way up here? You know, or, or <laughs> over, here, you know, but, uh, and, and then just thinking of what do they want to hear from me um to your point you know whether it's a a pothole or a curb or a stick or or other runners right i mean you you, you, california (laughs) international marathon is not a small event that thing is huge i'll tell you a crazy story too so i've never had this happen before running but something happened to us on sunday and you're right you have to be on every second and ready for something that happens in just a split second right as out of the gate we come we're about 0.1 miles through the start line Mm -hmm. and we're tethered at the waist, which means I'm wearing a belt that's tied to a rope that's tied to a belt that's around her waist. And it's about 18 inches long and we're running side by side and a woman in front of us about faced and ran full speed at us and tried to go through our rope between like like red Rover at a high speed. And I was like reaction time had to be right on or else all three of us were going to go down in a pile so I started yelling at her. I'm, I'm very nice on course usually, but I started yelling, you can't do that. You can't do that. And I pushed her um, over to my left. Oh my gosh. And wow. Was, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that was Man. just right out of the gate. Very yeah. unexpected. So you just never know. You don't know what the yeah. folks are going to do around you. That's true. Yeah. And we've, we've seen a lot of examples of bad behavior and poor etiquette. <laughs> <laughs> Not to candy coat oh, it, man. right? Um, right. So, and the other thing is you can't have an off day in terms of performance either. Like if you're going to go out and run a four hour marathon and you're just feeling kind of crappy, you can't bail. You gotta, you gotta stick with it. And if, if they're on track for four hours, you know, suck it Hope up. You are too. <laughs> yeah. Right. And if they're feeling really good and they decide they're really going to go for it, you got to be ready to, yeah. to ramp it up too, regardless of, of what you may or may not feel yeah. like doing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, well, and one of the things that we love on the show is origin story stuff. So I'm going to ask you yours again. Um, so what made you decide? And I, I know you told us all you began running as a, as a very young person and in your 
very short running career. <laughs> Tell us what made you decide that, you know what? I got a great idea. I want to do this too. Yeah, that, that's a, a good question. I, um, I, so I was not an athlete growing up. I was a dancer and I, you know, I never was on the track team or anything like that, which many people who become sort of our, our weekend warriors, like a lot of the folks that we race with, they once upon a time sure. ran in high school or college and they just like to do it for fitness and to be competitive mm -hmm. and still get a little bit of that, that charge out there. Um, as someone who wasn't an athlete until I turned 35, I have a slightly different perspective and a different take on it. But um, I was a young, or not a young, but I was a mom when I was 35. And I, I, <laughs> I, I kind of wanted something to do for me with my, my lady friends, my women friends. And a friend of mine said, hey, why don't you come to the park with me this weekend and, and see if you can run after you get off a bike. So she puts me on this clunker mountain bike of hers and she's like, why don't you go ride five miles and then put the bike down and start running and see what that feels like. And it turns out that that is something that I'm actually good at is getting off the bike and starting running. And that's really hard in a triathlon for a lot of people mm -hmm. to transition from yeah. the water to the bicycle and then to the run. Um, and so when I kind of realized like, oh, okay, I can, I can do this. She got me in um, to some triathlons mm -hmm. and then and here I find myself in Charlotte a few years later um, and having been loosely connected to this group in Houston that supported adaptive athletes. It was just something that I wanted to do here. And again, a way to give back to the community and provide opportunities maybe for folks that either hadn't had either the accessibility or the opportunity to, to participate in some of these awesome events like the Charlotte Marathon and, and all the 5Ks that are around town. Charlotte's yeah. a great city with a lot of outdoor stuff. And I just think that everyone should have, you know, equal access to, to do all of these things that, that we can do much of the year because of our good weather. That's right. <laughs> right. And we do have that advantage. Um, yeah. now, I see here, you also do biking and swimming and I, I am I, I, running has to be tricky enough. I am, beyond curious how you do this without wrecking on a bike or in you know that's the easy one i'm curious about the swimming yeah, part <laughs> how you how you do that without swallowing a bunch of water right yeah so running is fun and i like running and walking because it, it pretty much you know almost anyone can participate in that you get a pair of shoes and and pretty much anyone can do that Cycling uh, is a very dangerous thing and a very complicated thing and a very expensive sport in general. And then swimming, again, is also a little bit more complicated and a little bit more dangerous. But um, one of the things that, that's really important to us is providing equipment for people and opportunities. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have access to a tandem bicycle, which DC, you know this, you have a tandem yeah. bicycle, not everyone has those. And they're expensive and they're large and they're hard to store. And people ride different sizes, tandem bicycles. Here in Charlotte, we have 20 in a storage unit that we've either been given as a donation or we've purchased them or someone has given us one to sort of clean up and, and, and make new again in all different sizes. So we host tandem cycling clinics for folks. We had a clinic back in October where we had 20 children, um, youths, who had never ridden tandems before and provided them an opportunity to do that with a pilot that we had trained safely 
And then we had 20 adults who were able to ride as well. Some of them had ridden before and some of them had never been on a bike in their life before. Some folks, maybe they didn't lose their vision until later in life. So they rode bikes as children or as young people. And so it was a new opportunity to get to do that again and feel the wind in their yeah, face cool. and, and be outside in the sunshine, which is a super cool thing. And I'm sure we'll have more of those clinics next year. Now the swimming, which you asked about is another right. tricky thing. There's a few different ways to do that. So there's the open water swimming and then there's pool swimming. Um, for triathlon, it's generally open water. So we swim using a waist tether or a thigh tether. Um, a lot of us prefer a thigh tether because when you're swimming, your arms, sometimes if you have long arms, will kind of hit the cord if it's at your waist. But if it's at your thigh, you have a little bit more room um, to do so. But it's like a bungee cord. It goes up around your thigh and then connects to the thigh of the athlete um, who is next to you. And you swim side by side, stroke for stroke. You don't pull each other. You just sort of swim in tandem next to each other. Um, and you, since in the water, you can't really speak, um, as much you use a lot of, um, pushing and tapping and, and touching to, to indicate where you want the athlete to swim. And, and if, are we going to make a turn? Okay. Well, I'll tap you to go this way. Are we going to make, you know, are we going to stop? I tap you to let you know, we're going to stop. That, I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but you rarely hear of anyone drowning on a bike ride or a run, but I would just think it would be incredibly difficult to try to get somebody through a swim like that. Oh my gosh. It's like the, my anxiety of, of even a, of, of processing that is like, Oh my gosh. But, but I, I mean, I, that it's fantastic. Yeah. I, I remember one of the largest, triathlons I competed in and in just the open water swim and the number of bodies and you were actually oh in the God. water to start and so everybody's kind of bobbing up and down you know vertically and all of a sudden the gun goes off and everybody goes horizontal and now now you're on top of each other and I, I tell you what I swallowed a lot of water wow. I mean I got pushed and shoved and swam over and every, I was ready to quit before I even started. And I, I just can't, can't imagine um, trying oh, to man. stick together with somebody and, and do that with, with so many bodies, but just what a, what oh, a man. incredible uh, testament yeah. to, to you, Shannon, finding a way to serve people who um, have visual impairments and, and want to compete and, uh, and finding a way to make that happen for them. That's incredible. Thank you. I think um, it shows an incredible amount of trust yeah. that the blind athletes put in their guides. Um, Alexandra, who I race with often, she and I did Ironman Wilmington um, back in October. Uh, it's a 70.3. And like you said, mm -hmm. people are pushing and shoving and they let us start in front of the, the men, which is great. However, then the men have to come and swim on top of us. And sometimes again, they try to swim through us, which means, and I'm a nice person most of the time, but I have to turn around and push them in the goggles and say no. And uh, <laughs> I, hate, I hate doing that, but I'm not going to let someone swim on yeah. top of my athlete and potentially yeah. make her swallow a bunch of water or panic. You know, it doesn't yeah. feel good when you're in the water and someone's swimming on top of you or kicking you in the face. Um, well, and I would, I would think that there, uh, that it takes a special person to, to be able to do that. And how does, how does an athlete that would, you know, like to participate either way, how do they connect with the program? 
Yeah. So word of mouth has been huge for us. Like any other community, the blind and visually sure. impaired and adaptive community is very tight knit. And so that's sure. been wonderful for us. But mm -hmm. if there are people out there who hear this or people who hear this and have a friend that might be able to use our services, um, they can reach out to me either via our website or they can shoot me an email at Shannon at paraguide.org, S-H-A-N-N-O-N. And um, also we're on social media. We, we love mm -hmm. sharing our athlete stories with the world. So we're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. And um, yeah. our website, we keep updated pretty well too. And it's just paraguide.org. And again, we are, we are a nonprofit. We're a free service. We don't charge our athletes to participate with us, we charge guides to, to guide for us. We fundraise so that we're able to provide this, this service for the community. And again, we have generous sponsors that make this possible, yeah. like Ortho Carolina and some of our other large mm -hmm. sponsors who, who help us do these things. Yeah, and, and what does it take for, for a volunteer? What do you, is there a certain thing you're looking for in a volunteer uh, or a guide? Or is this like, hey, if you got the willingness, we'll make it work? Yeah. Anyone who is willing, we are willing to work with for sure. And we're willing to train, provide support, whatever they need. Um, we welcome all people as participants, as guides. We try to be as inclusive as possible. Um, I, I think in the training that we've done, I don't think we've ever had someone show up who didn't want to, to be there. I think people who, yeah. who generally want to give back to the community are willing to do just about anything that you ask them to do. And that's what's great about great about Charlotte specifically. Yeah. So, so you hear that, Tim, even somebody as old as you and me. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I, I think about this. Um, and, and I think the first thing you would, you would want is somebody who, who is looking f to serve someone else. So in other words, yeah. I'm, I'm going out and I'm not competing for me. So if I feel good, I can't take off. Or if, if, if I want to run a four hour marathon, it's not about what I can do that day or, or swim or bike or anything else. It's like, I'm out there completely and solely for this other person and whatever they're experiencing, I'm going to have to adapt to that. And so as athletes being so competitive, you know, when we want to go, we might not be able to, and, and when we can't, you know, we might have to. And so, um, I would think that would be the first thing is like, it's not about you. It's about them. Right. It absolutely is. And I think that's what makes it, um, so rewarding. And I think the accountability there is really, is really where it's at. You know, when I, when I get up on Saturday mornings and I know I'm going to go meet an athlete and we're going to do a long run, mm -hmm. it's just not an option not to go. You know, if you, yeah. if you know you're going to go meet someone and not only do they want you to be there, but they need you to be there. Um, you know, it's just it's there. There's no sleeping in. You're not going to just roll over and turn the alarm off. You know, you have to to go be there and that, that someone needs yep. you. And that's really what makes it so rewarding, too. I think um, there's really no feeling like running across a finish line that you have helped another person get across that there yeah. it's really hard to put that into words yeah man. and as you said it'll cost you as a volunteer it'll cost you nothing but time but you'll get a whole lot of payoff from that right that's absolutely right and i think it's time well spent um yeah, there's, there's no feeling like giving back and, and being part of something that's bigger than yourself 
I would imagine it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome. a it's a pretty good community. I was uh, running out at UNC Charlotte. Uh, I don't know, maybe a year ago. A friend of mine, Gray Riley, does uh, some of the guide. Uh, he he's the guide of of the pair and i saw him out there with a bunch of others and he said we're having a training class for pair guides today out and out at the university and so um it was good to see him out it's a it's a it's a big group of people and it's probably a, a nice close-knit community so you know if you're looking for community and and a reason to run other than yourself, um, this would be a great opportunity. And, and Shannon, thank you so much for, for what you do for others. Appreciate you being on the show for us today. Well, thank you guys for having me. I know y'all are big supporters of the outdoors and the community and opportunities for folks. So I really appreciate your support as well. Yep. Totally. All right, Shannon, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Shannon. The Running Around Charlotte podcast is presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Registration and more information is at runcharlotte.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Pinnacle Financial Partners and Bedgear, the official pillow partner of the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon. Running Around Charlotte is produced in partnership with Well Run Media and Marketing. New episodes are available every week anywhere you listen to podcasts.